You are listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church, located at 3144 South Home Avenue in Berwyn, Illinois. We invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to look at the final phrase of our Corinthians reading, where it says, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now you have to ask the question, why in the world among these three is love the greatest? Paul talks about faith, hope, and love, but only one is the greatest. To understand that, I think it's important to understand exactly what we mean when we talk about the word faith, hope, and love. So we're going to take a look at each of these words and how they're used throughout the New Testament to really explore why this is the case. So, faith is, first of all, it's trust in God and in his promises. In Romans chapter 4, St. Paul writes uh, about uh, Abraham. It says, I have made you the father of many nations, and in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, Abraham believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. See, Abraham shows us exactly what faith is, that faith trusts in God's promises despite all evidence to the contrary. When Abraham looked at his life, how he was super old and so was his wife and they had never had kids this whole time and yet God promised that he would be the father of many nations. It was faith that trusted in that promise. Faith also believes in God's word. Not only does it trust that God loves us, it also trusts the word that God gives us. In Luke chapter 1 it says, And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. This is when Zechariah was standing in the temple and the angel comes up to him and says, your wife will have a baby. And Zechariah says, no way. She's way too old. That's not possible. The opposite of Abraham. His disbelief in God's word through the angels. In John, we also see something like that. But in, when Jesus says, believe me, when Jesus appears to Thomas, who was an unbeliever, who doubted his resurrection, Jesus said, put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. 
When the disciples had come to Thomas and spoke God's word to them and said, Jesus is alive, he did not believe. But when he saw Jesus, he trusted in his word. Faith isn't just belief in God's promises for me, for you, and in his word. Faith is also something that springs us into faithful action. Hebrews chapter 11 is that great by faith verse with this whole cloud of witnesses. And the writer says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Noah built a boat when he had never seen water enough to float a boat. When he had never seen rain or water rushing up from the earth, Noah built it because God said so. That's faith, isn't it? Faith also comes from hearing that word. It's actually a gift of God. Romans 10 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Hearing God's word is what generates this this trust. But most of all, faith in the life of a Christian allows us to stand firm in the middle of a world that is full of problems. You can look at Ephesians chapter 6 for this, where St. Paul writes, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Faith is the trust in God's promises that despite how our, our life and our world is, it's trust that God is faithful. Faithful to you because of Jesus. Hope, on the other hand, is a little different from, from faith. We use the word hope very similarly to what, uh, the, how the Bible uses it. Hope is, I'm hoping for something. Now, the hope we sometimes use it is, I hope that happens, as in you're looking to the future and you think, eh, it might or might not. Hope in the Bible, however, is hope in something that's sure. It's hope in the divine promise that when Jesus returns, everything will be changed, will be raised from the dead, and given eternal life. St. Paul writes about it in Romans chapter 8. He says, And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? St. Paul says that all of creation and you and I, we are groaning under the weight of this world and our hope is that Christ will come and fix it all. And it's a hope that we can't see beneath all our broken bodies, all our sinful relationships, all the people that hurt us and that we hurt. Hope says that Christ will fix it despite the way the world is. 
Or as 1 Peter chapter 1 says, that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last time for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. See, our faith isn't just, our hope isn't just in a generic hope, but it is hope in God through Christ. Hope also gives us endurance. Hope is the thing that, that keeps us from flagging when the world beats down on us. The thing that keeps us focused on Christ and the future and keeps us going even when we don't want to. Romans 5 says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Hope is what allows us to rejoice when we're hurting so bad that there's nothing we can do but despair. We hope in God's glory and the gift he gives us. This is what hope is. Now the two are related, of course. Faith and hope. Faith trusts that God's promises are for me, that he gives that to me now, and hope is trust and the sure certainty that God will come through Jesus Christ to raise us from the dead and make everything perfect again. Faith produces hope. And together, they rejoice knowing that God will come. Love is a little different from that. Love is the loving action that we have for each other and towards God. The Bible tells us that the greatest commandments of all are love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Actions that we can do both in heart and in body. The Bible uses God's love to help us understand it. 1 John 4 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, what we see in love is first and foremost the truest love, God's love for us in Christ. And we see that kind of love enacted when Jesus came and suffered for us. All the terrible things that happened to him, his, the whippings, the beatings, rejection, beaten up, spit on, nailed to a cross, mocked, knocked off the, off, 
knocked into death by Satan, buried in the tomb. All of these things show us what God's love is. God's love is sacrificial to give us life. And that's where you can go into the Corinthians reading. You've probably heard this read about a million times at, a dif- at different weddings, right? And they all misdo it because it's not about the kind of love that a man and a woman have for each other. It's about the love of Christ. The love of Christ coming to us. Because if you, if you read it just a little differently, you can see it. You can see Christ is patient and kind. Christ does not envy or boast. Christ is not arrogant or rude. He does not insist in his own way. He is not irritable or resentful. He does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. See, it's Christ's love that gives us love. And St. Paul is telling them about this because the Corinthians are divided. All of the chapters leading up to here are about how they fight and how they're prideful and mean to each other and all these terrible things are happening. And he says, love is the answer. So why is love the greatest? Hebrews 11 can help us figure that out. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We need faith now, not in the resurrection. We need faith when the world thinks that we're foolish and crazy for believing in this Jesus. We need faith and hope when the world bears down on us and hurts us and we're sad and hurt and lonely and we're wondering, where is God? That's when we need faith. But at a certain point, faith and hope will be gone. See, on the day that Jesus returns, we won't need faith anymore. We won't need hope anymore because faith is the assurance of things not seen. How can you have faith? You don't need faith in the man who's standing before you having raised you from the dead. You don't need hope when that hope is already here. You are just there, shaking his hand, seeing God face to face. There is no faith or hope anymore. There is only reality. There's no sinful world to bear down on you, no pressures from outside, no broken relationships. All of that will be gone. And that's why Paul knocks down all the things that we might look at to raise us up. As he says, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Because we we know in part, and we prophesy in part, But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Love is the greatest because love continues beyond the resurrection. See, when Jesus returns, faith and hope will be gone. But we will still love. In fact, we'll love perfectly. We will love and serve each other way better than we could ever do it now in perfect joy and peace. And it will be amazing. what that means for you now is that when you love, you live 
in the reality of the resurrection. You live in just a little bit of that perfect joy we will have on the day he raises us from the dead. Love never ends. So, when we stand before Jesus, our love will continue forever, just like his love for us. So when you, all you want to do is shout and scream at your family or your friends, love is how you denounce the power of sin in your life. It's how you say to it, I am raised from the dead. When Satan tempts you to start the uh, Concordia phone tree, you know the one that starts with, did you hear? Love is the way you can spit in the face of Satan and show him he has no power over you. Because you've been freed from his chains by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Love never ends. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church. For more information about getting involved, please visit concordiaberwin.org. Like us on Facebook at Concordia Lutheran Church and Little Lambs.